Well, hi there, guys. Thank you for listening to ABC's podcast today. Our prayer as you listen to this podcast is that it would truly be a blessing. Perhaps it may lead you to Christ for the very first time. Or if you know Christ, it'll definitely lead to a deeper commitment to Christ. But in the same breath, what we don't want is for these podcasts to be a replacement for your church. It just can't be. We believe that the gathering of believers, the local church, matters. It matters to you personally, your family, and the community the church is attached to. God's designed us for community with each other. So yes, we pray this podcast is a blessing, an encouragement, a challenge perhaps, definitely an installment moving you closer to Jesus, and we're excited that you're going to listen. But also know that we, it's not a replacement for church. And may God honor your faith as you listen, as you hear Him, and as you obey. Blessings, everyone. Welcome, everybody, to the next installment of the Reign of Grace, our expositional study through Romans chapter 12. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Romans chapter 12 and 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Those are the two sections that we will be in. And while you're getting your Bibles ready, um, I'll just introduce our message um, at the same time. We have seen, have we not, that although we are navigating through COVID-19 and lockdown and all the protocols, we have seen that even though we are isolated and scattered and not gathering, that our worship is more significant than gathering. Our worship is a wholehearted commitment to the Lord, isn't it? it our worship is a life dedicated to Him, Romans 12 verse 1. So although we're isolated, although we're not gathering, we remain worshipers. Worshipers. We've also seen that although we're not gathering, worshipers experience life change. This is what God does. And He changes lives. How? By the renewing of their minds through the Word of God. So although we're isolated and scattered and not gathering, can your life be changed in lockdown? Absolutely yes. With the Holy Spirit's help and the Word of God, you can be metamorphosized. All right. Truly, that's where we're going. Now, Romans 12, 1 and 2, summary statements, an umbrella statement. What does the reign of grace look like? All right. When you put it into a human being, what happens? That's where we're going today. All right. What does it look like? What does it look like, a life that is a living sacrifice? What does a, a mind that's being renewed look like? What does a life subject to the will of God look like? What does a Christian look like? And the very first thing, the very first thing. Well, let's read it and then we'll, you can see it for yourself. Romans 12 verse 3. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. Here is the mark. Here is the evidence. Here is the manifestation. The main thing, the first thing is humility. Humility. All right? There can be no, it, it, it can't be anything else. In view of God's mercy, what is that? In view that no one is righteous, not even one, but God, through Jesus, willingly declared you righteous 
when you abandoned your works and simply trusted in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ at the cross, when you just trusted Him and put your faith in Him, He gave you righteousness as if you had lived your whole life perfect in the past, presently, and in the future, will never do anything wrong. He gave you that righteousness for free. And that has completely undone you. It is com- grace has completely undone. It's turned our lives inside out. Everything that we were relying on, our plans, our proposals, our righteousness, all that we were striving to do to make our lives credible before God, we've thrown, we've put down grace, undeserved, remarkable favor of God has leveled us. All right? It has leveled us. We know we could never get to heaven on our own merits or our own abilities or just by being you. No, we needed an absolute undoing of self, a turning away from self to Christ. We fled our merits and we cling to Jesus. We clung to him. That's what we've done. And to to do it any other way is a a complete affront to God. Remember what 11 verse 36 said, For from Him and through Him and for Him are all things. To Him be the glory forever and ever. That's what we say to ourselves every morning and every night. That's our whole new orientation. For from Him and through Him and for Him are all things. To Him be the glory forever and ever. God is the main thing. He is at the head. And when you pursue self, pride, you make yourself the center of all things. From me and to me and uh, through me and to me are all things. To me be the glory. Amen. This is not what the gospel does in a humble heart. The gospel leads to what? Verse 1. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Total dedication to Him. That's what it produces. The gospel produces what? Verse 2. That you are no longer conformed to the pattern of this world or squeezed into this mold. But to be transformed, metamorphosized by the renewing of your mind. You begin to think as God thinks. You begin to have God's priorities, God's worldview. And boom, you have verse 3, a right estimation of yourself. Okay, You are being transformed by the renewing of your mind. And you now see yourself differently than you did before. We rethink everything. Okay, how is this thinking achieved? How is this humility uh, produced? Verse 1 and verse 2 will tell you. But there is no true humility without mercy and without the truth. And what will mercy and truth produce? It will produce a humble heart, a humble life. And Paul says to me, look at me. By the grace given me, I say to every one of you, Okay, he's now putting his credentials on. He says, guys, look at me. You know my life. I was on my way to Damascus. I had a, I had a legacy. I had a righteousness. I had the law. I had uh, influence. I had wealth. Okay, I was right. No, I wasn't. Boom, I met grace and I was leveled. I was humbled. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 2. This humbleness... God kept working on him about it. It wasn't a once-off thing. Let's see how it's described here in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, starting from verse 2. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. 
Whether it was in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know. But God knows, was caught up to paradise and heard inexpressible things, things that no one is permitted to tell. I will boast about a man like that, but I will not boast about myself except about my weaknesses. Even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool because I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain, so no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say, or because of these surpassingly great revelations. Therefore, in order to keep me from being conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. How is this humility working in and through him? Well, here is a man, he's talking about himself who by God's grace is humbled and then taken not to heaven, not to space, the atmosphere, not to space, but to heaven. And he has shown great things. I mean, what would that do to a natural man? Naturally, that would just go straight to our heads and we would be full of pride. Okay, But to inhibit that, God sends a messenger from Satan that keeps him what? Humble. It keeps him humble. I wonder what he would have forgotten had this not been. God knows exactly what Paul needs. He needs the vision, but he also needs the challenges because he needs the humility. And without that humility, I wonder how effective, how productive, how significant would Paul have been? Would we even have the New Testament if he wasn't humble? Friends, take, a, take another look at what you forgo. When you remain holding on to yourself, when you remain to keep you the center of all things, when you continue to hold yourself and your pride and your ego in the middle, you are losing out. There's no freedom in that. The reign of grace brings freedom. But the reign of grace comes only to those who say, Lord, for you, from you, and through you, and to you are all things, to you be the glory forever and ever. Make no mistake. I know we live in a culture where a lot of things can get us mad and angry and we can react. Maybe you're even sitting in a situation where you are 100% right and you have the opportunity to gloat. Let me tell you, friend, if you remain in, hum- in humbleness before God, you will remain firm. You will remain steadfast. That's the most wisest, loving, safest place you could be is dressed in the humility of Christ. But if you stand out of that, if you stand in pride, you are not, you are not protected. You are not protected and you will fall. Please, my friend, understand this. This is the main thing. This is the main thing. Any believer in the reign of, in the reign of grace understands this. They think rightly about themselves. And how do they think about themselves? They estimate themselves according to what God says. Not what others say, not what they say of themselves, or what others say of themselves. They don't live for their own estimation. They don't even live their lives according to what other people estimate them to be. They live their lives according to what God estimates their life to be. And that is, well, without God I'm nothing. And I know that that is 
it is a terrible, almost crushing, almost, well, it is. It's offensive and it's a hard thing to say that I am nothing without God. But my friend, that is freedom. That is freedom when you live that way. That God is everything and I am nothing. That's freedom and the reign of grace achieves that, it thinks that. And Paul is saying, I've lived this. Look at the grace of God in my life. It was given to me. And I say to every one of you, no one can escape this command. It is necessary for everyone to be humble. It's necessary for everyone. God knew what Paul needed. God knows what you need. No one is exempt. No one is exempt. Okay. We all tend to overvalue our abilities and our importance. Think about your own life. As much as we long for service of others, be humble and benefit others. Evaluate the time you spend thinking about you versus others. Even while serving others, we're thinking about ourselves. It, 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 it surely takes a supernatural grace for us to get over ourselves. It does take that and it will do that. And that's the direction it's going. Or is it? <laughs> or is it? You've got to ask yourself right now, which direction are you headed? Are you living on God's estimation or yours? Because Paul continues to write in verse 3, Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but think of yourself with sober judgment. You couldn't be more sober when you live with God's estimation of yourself. That's right living, strong living, wise living, loving living, safe living, good living, righteous living. If you take on pride and if you live for yourself, that is like being drunk. You've lost all senses and you're intoxicated and it will cripple you. It will blind you. Humility. Humility is the sweet spot of the reign of grace. And anything outside that humility is dangerous. It's dangerous. It's weak. It's double-minded. And that's not where God wants us in this 2020 so it's starting in 2021 no matter what is around us no matter what is in us no matter what we've passed or what is ahead of us if we stand in humility friends we have everything we have everything amen if you're going to think about yourself rightly you must think about yourself humbly anything else is running away from this truth live with god's estimation of you and nothing else Nothing else. Live with God's estimation. I know God's estimation of us is damaging. It is crushing. It is crushing when we think of what God knows about us. All that hasn't been done. All that hasn't been said. All that has been said. All that has been done. It's enormous. But what's bigger? What's bigger? In view of God's mercy. That's right. God's mercy is bigger. It's greater. His love for you, Christian, is formidable. All right? And His love for you in it is also gifts that have been given to you. A purpose that has been given to you. And a, a significance. A significance. All right. 
So there's freedom in this reign of grace, friends. Make no mistake. Make no mistake. Friends, we need to examine our hearts. We love ourselves too much, friends. I don't think we have a problem of a lack of self-esteem. We have a problem of lack of Christ-esteem. And if you're expecting people to love and think about you the way you think about you, you will always be disappointed. Just take this verse to heart. For by the grace given me, I say to everyone, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. Different people will have a different measure of this faith. That's what Paul is saying. Different people will trust God in different ways, to a different degree. Some people can take major, bold steps. Some people can't. It's just in accordance to the faith that God has given them. But here is what is clear. Everybody, regardless of the measure of faith given them, everybody, this faith will produce what? It will produce a humility before God. No matter what uh, uh, the portion of grace you have received, if it's 10% or if it's 80%, there is a humility before God, first, foremost, and most clearly. Second of all, there is a humility before man. Okay, Read with me now from verses 4 to 5. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we... Though many form one body and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If, oh, let me just stop there. All right. Though many form one body, each member belongs to all the others. This takes humility. Make no mistake, my friend. If you, in view of God's mercy, have dedicated your life to worshiping God, not conforming to the devil's atmosphere, but being transformed by the renewing of your mind and now thinking yourself according to God's estimation of you in humility, you also, right, this is the second, this is the second greatest mark, the most, the second fundamental of those living in the reign of grace, humbly live with the church. Okay? Humbly live connected to, dynamically connected to the body to the body you don't belong to yourself right all right you live for god and you live for others I'll say it again. You live for God and you live for others. From Him and through Him and for Him are all things. To Him be the glory forever and ever. And each member belongs to all the others. And each member belongs to all the others. You don't belong to yourself. If you're a Christian, then you've been placed by God into what Paul uses as a metaphor, the body. The body. Okay? You are part of a community of believers. Just as a body has many parts, each one different and diverse, yet unified, interdependent, all functioning in different ways, but bringing benefit to the whole. And the body is a great illustration of how God designed the church to operate. 
many members, but one together in Christ. So two things are being said here in this humility before God and this humility with one another. Understand this. We in the church understand. And here's equality for you. Here's equality. In the church, no one is better than the rest, than any other. We're all on the same level. Doesn't even, if you're an elder, a pastor, a deacon, or a member, whether you're on the stage or not on the stage, we're all the same. We're all the same. That's the beauty of the church. Everyone is equal, no matter the race, no matter the, the, the wealth, no matter the, the personality. We're all equal. In fact, we are very insignificant. We're insignificant. We lose ourselves. But we're also significant because we're important in the body. Each one has been uniquely placed. I mean, we wouldn't say to our elbow, it's not significant. Or to our lung, it's not significant. Or our kidney, it's not significant. It's significant. So make no mistake. A person under the reign of grace, friends, in the reign of grace, is connected dynamically to the body. Now we're going to continue reading. And look, maybe you've never read it like this before, but... Let's read from verse 6 to 8 together. It says here, We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. If you're not connected dynamically to the body, look, what, look at what you're missing. Look at what you're missing. You read that again from that kind of angle. God does not want you missing this. And any person in the reign of grace receives these things and so much more. This is not an exclusive list. So friends, I want to encourage the body. I don't know where you are or how you're listening to this message today. And I know we haven't been connected physically for a long time. But friends, just like worship... Is, is more significant than gathering. Just like life transformation can still happen in isolation. I'm telling you, the church, the church has not closed. The church is not closed. It is still connecting. It is still teaching. It is still serving. It is still encouraging. It is still giving. It is still leading. It is still showing mercy. It is still based on the foundation of the word of God. It is still going. It is not closed. But understand this, if you are not dynamically connected to the body, then you are crippling the body. You are crippling it. The New Testament knows nothing of this worldly value of of independence, lone rangerism, self-sufficiency, and freedom from the church. That's not a life under the reign of grace. That's not the direction it takes. The direction is humility before God, humility before man. I'm connected to a body. End of story. (laughs) End of story. I didn't say it. The Bible says it. End of story. And friends, don't lose out. I don't know where you are during lockdown. Maybe lockdown has, has maybe forced the question. Maybe you do need to take the next step. What is the next step? You've attended church, but are you dynamically connected? We'll get to that in a moment. But here's some questions I want you to ask yourself. Whether you're a member of a church or not. Now, how real is this for you? Are you even connected 
to the body of Christ. Does the church feel it when you're not there? Do you feel it when you're not with the church? Do you feel it when others are missing? Do you know people around you? Do you even know their needs? Do you pray for them? I really want to punt here the levels of church. You have levels of church on Sunday when we're all gathering, but you also have your small groups. Some are practical small groups, some are Bible study small groups, some are prayer meeting small groups. There are small groups. You've got to get connected to those small groups. That is probably the closest you'll get to being dynamically connected to the church. That is where you are known and where you know others. That is where you are loved and where you love others is in the small group. I'm probably getting into trouble for saying this, but I'm saying if you're not part of a small group, I'm, I'm afraid you've just got to double click whether you really are in the reign of grace. I'm serious. COVID has definitely, definitely sifted the church. It has pruned the church. Those who were coming to church for whatever reason, other than for worship, renewing of the mind, dynamically, humbly before God, dynamically connected to the church, if it was for any other reason, they're no longer part of the church and are drifting and gone. Friends, I'm encouraging you. This 2021, okay, let's make it real. You need to make it real. What it, make Make it real. You've got to get connected, dynamically connected. And contact a friend, contact someone in the church and say, how can I take the next step? I want to take the next step. Because this, this is the second fundamental all right, of a life in view of God's mercy. The first one was humility before God. The second one is humility before man. And you just clicking a button on the internet or TV is not... It, it's not sufficient. Alright? Because why? Here's the third reason. And I've just called it service. Okay, I'm not going to elaborate too much on all of these here. They're pretty much self-explanatory. Okay, but here God sovereignly has and undeservedly He has graced every believer with a gift, with a passion, with something to give to others. Right? I mean, here's one list of gifts. We've got other lists in Ephesians chapter 4, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. This list says the gifts come from God's grace. The other list says the gifts come from Christ. Another list says the gifts come from the Holy Spirit. But here's the point. They all come from God. What's their function? It's for other people. And friends, isolated, scattered, locked down or no lockdown, the church is not closed. And those gifts that you have are still to be exercised today. There's still to be excess. Those gifts, that charismata comes from grace and is to be grace to others. There is a flow of grace here. It's a grace received. It's a grace extended. Amen? It's a grace received. It's a grace extended. 1st gift that's listed here is prophesying in accordance with your faith. Um, friends, this does not have any direct application for us today. There are no more apostles today. There are no more prophets today. Those are foundational gifts. You read Acts chapter 2. You read Ephesians chapter 2. Prophesying and the apostles were foundational. Christ gave the church apostles and prophets. Those were foundational gifts uh, according to the faith 
given to them. That's to the extent that they prophesied. Okay? To the extent of the faith given to them. Nothing beyond that, nothing further than that. Just to that. Because the early church didn't have a Bible, they didn't have a New Testament. They, they had received the direct revelation of Christ, and they were sharing that revelation, that inspiration. Okay? They were giving that insight to the future. They were revealing what was concealed. They were providing this revelation beyond human ability to understand. And they were always right. Okay? Couldn't be anything less because this is prophesying on behalf of God. That foundation has been laid. I mean, I mean you just think about it. Any building has one foundation. It can have 20 stories, but it has one foundation. Service, that's where we get the word deacon from. Self-explanatory. If it's served, whatever God has given you, you serve others with. That's basic. Just go do it. I mean, there's no manual here on how to or, or practical um, lessons here. It just, it just says go do it. Teaching, then teach. Take what the apostles and the prophets have revealed and you teach it. It's not in, it's. It, it's Basically echoing what God has revealed already. Encourage. Encourage people to do what? Obey the word of God. That's, that's the true logic of this encouragement. If it's encouraging people to obey the God, pleading for people to obey the word of God, comforting people to obey the God, strengthening people to read the word of God, challenging people to read the word of God, there are people gifted to do just that. You do it. Giving. Do it liberally. Do it liberally. Without... Without regret. I mean, we're all encouraged to give. Everyone must give. But there are those who are given just this extraordinary gift of faith, and they give extraordinary. But everyone is to give. To lead, to lead with diligence. Right? Not with ambition, not for position, not for, to be superior, not to climb the ladder at the expense of people. No, with diligence. You work at being humble, you work at being faithful, you work at being selfless, you work at being service. You work at that. And mercy. These are, this is one who's open, you know, just has an open heart of love, meeting the needs of people, caring for the sick, sick, caring for the elderly, the poor, the disabled, with a heart of gratitude, with a heart of gratitude. I would say, just in general, a life under the reign of grace looks at people and it says, you know what, you're not an obstacle, you're not a burden, you're my opportunity. All these gifts are grace gifts. They're not earned. They're not deserved. They're not for you. <laughs> these are special from God. And they're limited. Not everyone has the same gift. We need each other. We need each other. All right. So there's two things you can't say anymore. All right. 2021. You don't tell yourself anymore, I'm not gifted. And therefore, I'm disqualified from serving. No. Then you're calling the Bible a liar. The other thing you must not stop telling yourself is I'm not qualified because, well, I'm just not getting the appreciation I deserve. You know, I'm not serving anymore because I'm not getting recognized. Friends, you need to double check. For from Him and through Him and for Him are all things. To Him be the glory. Even in our serving, we can get this wrong. Just check that heart. Have the Holy Spirit check your heart one more time. So as we conclude... We now have some inkling of what the reign of grace looks like. So now you ask yourself, are you humble? 
humbled by the grace of God. And it's not a once-off thing. It's got to be cultivated. We have to shepherd our hearts daily with this direction. Humbled before God. Are we connected? That is an expression of humility. Are you dynamically connected to the body somehow? What is the next step for you going forward, 2021? And then connected, are you serving? Are you, however you are, wherever you are, with whatever you have, are you serving? Are you proactively looking to connect and encourage, to serve, to give? I mean, like I said, these are not all the gifts. What are you doing with that special, supernatural, divine gift God has given you? For the body of Christ. For the benefit of others. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you for turning us inside out, upside down, and reshaping us. We are new creations. We are children of the living God. Lights. Lights who will shine like the stars. Father, thank you for this new identity, this righteousness that we have. Father, and this whole new orientation towards you and towards other in that in that humility is true humanity in that humility is true identity in that humility is true significance in that humility towards you and to others we couldn't live more abundantly oh god help us not be conformed to the pattern of this world That life is about me, myself, and I. And people are an inconvenience. Oh God, help us to untangle from these worldviews, these worldly views, this this coma of freedom and, and independence and running solo. Oh God, forgive us if we have, for whatever reason, expressed our faith in this way it is not of you god i pray you would wash over every person listening holy spirit lead them as you did into the waters of baptism and out of the waters lead them into greater frontiers of grace greater adventures of service and adventure greater relationship a dynamic relationship of faith and friendships with others god you have not finished with us yet And may we enjoy all those works that you have prepared for us in advance to achieve. Thanking you all the way that every step is firmly on your road of purpose. I pray we pursue these. That we sacrifice to you every day. That we are transformed by your word every day and that we serve your body. For from him and through him and for him are all things to you. Be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thanks for listening to our ABC podcast today. If you'd like to know more about ABC, then please check us out on Facebook, on YouTube, or our website. We also have resources we'd like to share freely to everyone uh, through Right Now Media. We have a channel with them, and we'd love to share you that link. Just email us on totibaptists at gmail.com. Or WhatsApp us directly on 079-033-2228 and we'll get you in touch with those links and resources. If you have a prayer request or an item of praise or a question, then also 
feel free to get in touch with us via those links. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May He make His face shine upon you and give you His peace.